Welcome back to a new episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac. Born and raised in Los Angeles, I'm now living in Zagreb and studying the Croatian language. Before we start, just do me a favor and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, as well as the Facebook and Instagram page. In this series, I'll be talking with people both in the homeland and around the globe who have connections to Croatia. We'll hear from startups, returning diaspora, musicians and athletes, and the biggest Croatian celebrities that will return my calls. But enough about me. Idemo dalje, and let's get started. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. In this episode, we have a special guest, Tonko Sushats. Uh, Tonko is a Croatian-American baseball player at the University of Arizona. His grandparents were some of the leaders in setting up the Croatian community in his hometown of Sacramento, and he and his cousins are proud Croatians, including one who played with the Croatian national baseball team. In this episode, we're going to find out a little bit more about him and his Croatian connection. Tonko, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Stanko. Really happy to be on. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for bearing with me there on that first take of the uh, <laughs> introduction. All good, all good. Um, well, you know, so I was just telling you how Petar from Elevatrani, you know, those guys reach out to me to get a hold of you. They met you, I guess, at one of the Sacramento uh, Croatian events. Yes, we had a uh, we had our extravaganza. Not sure, not sure which extravaganza we've been we've been doing it since '83, but uh, yeah, we had the extravaganza. Our first one we've had in three years uh, because of COVID and all that. So you know, it was good to see a good presence from LA in the Bay Area, and I was able to meet. Uh, Petar and uh, Johnny Svetkovic and all those guys. And I was familiar with LA Vatrani. You know, I followed them on Instagram back in the World Cup days when they uh, when their page started to mm. blow up and everything. I started to see everything that they were doing. So I kind of recognized them, went up and introduced myself to them. And then kind of just ended up hanging out with them the whole night and partying with them at the at the festival. <laughs> we, had a, we had a great time. It was a great festival. And we'll definitely do it again next year. Definitely. And maybe I'll probably even go down to LA and I know that's the, the World Cup this winter, this November. So uh, hopefully mm-hmm. they're doing something down there in L.A. and uh, I can make my way over there and, and, and go hang out and go watch some soccer over there. So pet that if you guys are listening, you know, <laughs> get, a, get a little party going in November. I'm sure they will throw something in November. I mean, they have to. And... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, partying with those guys. I mean, that's how it goes when you meet them. You just <laughs> start partying <laughs> and they're all over here right now. They're making their way day. To making their way down to Makarska, where I'm at. So I'm going to be partying with them in about a week here, too. (laughs) Uh, It sounds like heaven. Sounds like heaven. (laughs) But uh, tell us a little bit about your Croatian heritage. So I'm a second-generation Croatian-American. Both of my dad's parents came from Herzegovina. His mom, I always just called her Baka. Her name was Janja. She was from Dobrovo, little village. And uh, his dad, Janko, I just called Dira, Bakandira. Uh, Dira was from Blatnica, little village of few hundred people out over by Chitluk. Um, mm. Both from Herzegovina, you know, and they just had, you know, an unbelievable story coming to America and it's a nice little success story. But, you know, I grew up down the street from them. I grew up two, two doors down from my dad's parents. Um, also grew up a few doors down from my mom's parents, but, you know, they weren't Croatian, but still grew up very close to both sets of grandparents. Um, but, but Croatian was, or Croatia was just a very strong part of my identity and my background just growing up, you know, it was very important for my family to put us through Catholic schooling. And I've always gone to Catholic elementary school and high school. Actually, I always tell people, um, the university of Arizona is actually the first non Jesuit Catholic school I've ever gone to. 
you know, I did uh, four, mm. 14 years of schooling and not just Catholic school, but, but Jesuit Catholicism. So it was very important uh, in our family to go through Catholic schooling and go through that route. Um, but yeah, I grew up two doors down from, from Bacandida and oh gosh, Baca probably made us dinner two to three times a week. And as you know, any Croatian grandma makes just the best food on earth. <laughs> they <laughs> oh, never, yeah. they never miss, but grew up eating lots of Croatian food and, and they were, uh, those two were, were, uh, one of the biggest, you know, two, three, four, five families in Sacramento, you know, it was kind of them, uh, the Jupan family, uh, the, uh, Chadias, uh, Shagina. There's a few families in Sacramento that were just really, really important, uh, for setting up this whole community, but they're, uh, my, my grandparents story, you know, they, uh, they both, my grandpa or Dida, he, he escaped, he actually escaped Yugoslavia and went as a refugee into Austria, into, um, God, what's the city? Vienna. And he went to trade, he went to trade school in Zagreb before he did that. So he was there, like I said, refugee status and, um, was able to get an Austrian passport and come to America. Uh, Baca, she went to Salzburg, also went to Austria. She went to Salzburg for school. And they actually never knew each other. They never knew each other in Croatia, never knew each other in Salzburg. And they both came to America, not exactly sure what year, uh, late 50s, I believe. Uh, both went to California. Uh, Baca went on a on a sponsorship. She went to Stockton and Dira, he went to Fresno. And they actually both met at a Croatian event in, in San Francisco because, you know, I mean, these guys came to America and they didn't speak very much English and they were just looking for a Croatian community and somebody that, um, you know, somebody that kind of understands their culture. And they ended up meeting at a Croatian event in San Francisco, uh, the Sveti Vlaho event, you know, and just kind of obviously they sparked something from there and they got married in 1960 and actually came to Sacramento. And, um, you know, I don't think at the time there was some big Croatian community in Sacramento. There was a few families and, as time went on, more and more people just kind of funneled in, you know, with work opportunities. And um, they had their first kid in 62, uh, my uncle Nick. And then 63, they had my aunt Christina. And then my dad, they had my dad, Johnny, in 66. And that was just, they were a very tight-knit family and uh, grew up, born and raised. All three kids were born and raised in Sacramento, I believe, definitely the oldest kid nick his first language was croatian i believe he didn't even speak english until he was five years old in kindergarten <laughs> um but I have everybody and all my parents and all my aunts and uncles they all speak croatian got a lot of other family who came from all over croatia um and just like you know it's a big croatian family uh baka she had nine brothers and sisters so we got cousins all over the place just all <laughs> over the place big big croatian family but you know very thankful to grow up with them. And it was just a very, very close knit community that we have here in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. oh, it sounds like you're in one of those families where you're still meeting cousins to this day. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I went to Croatia for the first time in 2018 and we got a lot of family in Bjelovar and I went to a dinner in Bjelovar and it was probably a dinner with, I don't know, 20, 25 people. And my dad just said, yeah, these are all your second cousins. I've never met a single <laughs> one of them. And just, you know, there's, uh, we got more family in Dubrovnik that I've never met. We got family all over the place. And yeah, just like you said, it's one of those things where you just, as time goes on, just, oh, hey, this is a cousin. Oh, hey. Oh, I didn't know you were my cousin. <laughs> just yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Even people you've already met and then you realize that they're cousins later on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's classic.
You know, I, I'm actually relating a lot to your story here. I guess that's sort of one of the aspects of the podcast, you know, for people mm-hmm. to hear these stories that they can relate to. But, you know, mine were also from Herzegovina, Baca and, you know, Dedo, and they came over here or came over to the U.S. I'm over here in Croatia now, but mm-hmm. came to the U.S., California. Uh, I also went to Jesuit school, Catholic school, went to Jesuit school. Oh, right on. Um, did, you, did you go to Loyola in L.A.? No, actually, I went to St. Francis for Franciscan okay, gotcha. High School, and then I went to Regis University, which is gotcha. Jesuit uh-huh. College yep. over in Denver. Awesome. And um, he said something else, too. Oh, yeah, living two blocks from your grandparents, both sets. Yep. And, you know, I was, I was like, oh, man, that's that's me. You talk about <laughs> eating the food. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's one of the, you know, a lot of people in the diaspora especially can relate to these sorts of stories. So I wanted to ask, do you speak Croatian? You mentioned I do not. a lot of your cousins. I, I, I do not speak Croatian. It's one of those things that I really wish I could do. But I mean, as you know, Croatian is a very hard language to learn. Oof, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, with the grammar and everything with uh, just, you know, you have gender and plural and it just messes up these words. And um, Yeah, it's just I not the English way of thinking. No, no. It's just kind of one of those things. Everybody that all, all the kids my age that I know speak Croatian, none of them learned it at, at 16 or 18. It's just kind of one of those things where their grandparents taught them when they were toddlers and they just kind of mm-hmm. grew up knowing it. I, I really don't know. I, I don't personally don't know a single person who was able to learn it like in their 20s or anything. Every Like I said, everybody that I know just kind of learned it growing up. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to be the exception here, but yeah, <laughs> I'm struggling no. too. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. I, good luck with that. But <laughs> I mean, if if I wanted to learn, it'd take a lot of time, and you know, you get, I I just think if I were to do it, I'd have to do it the right way, and and with what I do with baseball and everything, it's just, gosh, that'd take me some time. So maybe when I don't know, I I want to say when baseball's over, God only knows when that will be, but hopefully one day I'm able to learn. But you know, for whatever reason, I still I still love Croatian music. You know, I grew up, I I just grew up listening to Croatian music, and I love the music. I don't even know what it means, but I listen to a weird amount of Croatian music for a guy who doesn't speak. <laughs> Do you have any particular bands or you just sort of put something on shuffle and I mean, I'm talking play? everything. I mean, I always grew up listening to Oliver and actually crazy thing when I was in Croatia, I was in Split in 2018 and I was actually in Split the day that Oliver died. And wow. which was crazy for me. Cause like I said, I grew up listening to Oliver. You know, we always had the same CD in my dad's car that we'd play over and over and over again. My favorite song as a kid was Natalina and we would play that on repeat and just for whatever reason that was just my favorite song in the world as a kid but i mean i knew i knew almost all of his songs and i could sing them full-blown sing them didn't know what they meant and the day that he died they actually went uh there was just a big group of people that met out in front of a church in uh in split and they all just started singing his music and i went along i was probably there for an hour and a half singing every song and it was actually wow. really cool and that was july 29 2018 i'll never forget it and july 31st which was my birthday uh he had his funeral procession there was 120,000 people on the divan split absolutely wild but um wow you were there for that too i wasn't there it was my birthday we were having a big we were having a big dinner at the house mm. but we were watching on tv i mean it was nationally televised you know it was a big deal um but we were definitely watching on 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 tv and like i said i grew up listening to him i don't i've never met a single creation that doesn't like oliver and, yeah you know, exactly he was, he was just such a big part of big part of that culture and especially you know because as you know you know music is such a big part of croatian culture and, and he was really the head of croatian music mm-hmm. even in zagreb they'll play him and i know they got their uh, <laughs> rivalries over here that it's funny oh, when you're over sure. you know in the u.s or whatever the diaspora i think we feel like croatia is just 
you know, it's all Croatia. But when uh-huh. you're here in Croatia, it's, you know, Zagreb versus Split, Hajduk, Dinamo, and <laughs> Hajduk, Dinamo, oh my God, I got, yeah, oh, I got, I got all my cousins in Split, just hardcore Tortida Hajduk fans, <laughs> you know, it was like life or death for them to be at the, uh, you know, the 70th anniversary, everybody's shooting flares in the sky of the Tortida, yeah, the you know, that stuff, <laughs> that stuff's just so important to them, and it's just, I actually went to a Hajduk game, it was crazy, absolutely wild. But yeah, the the Hajduk and the Dinamo rivalry is it's no joke. Yeah, definitely not. You you root for Hajduk when you're in split. <laughs> I, yeah, you have no option. <laughs> uh, you know, now Tonko, I was reading an article about you. I forget from where. It might have been from U of A. They talked about a story behind your nickname because your first name is Anthony. Correct. Yes. What's the story behind that? So I actually. Uh, my mom's business, they have a house on the property and they'd always rent it out to one of the employees. And it was a Czechoslovakian lady named Milka. And I was only about one or two years old. So my mom, she'd go to work. She would drop me off at Milka's house. And that was my babysitter when I was a kid. And she was from Czechoslovakia, hard accent and could not say Anthony. She said, I'm Tony. So she just started calling me Tony. And then, you know, she knew that a Croatian nickname for Tony was Tonko. So then that's what she started calling me. And then my Croatian family just absolutely loved it. Everybody mm-hmm. loved it. So it's actually been my nickname since I was one or two years old. And it has stuck. Everybody calls me Tonko. Um, I still don't know what to introduce myself as to people. You know, like introduce them like, hi, I'm Anthony or hi, I'm Tonko. Because, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you grew up in L.A. with the name Stonko. I'm sure people had the same reaction for you, mm-hmm. you know, that weren't the, at least the Americans. Um, when I, you know. When I say, hey, I'm Tonko, people just kind of they'll look at me and just like, oh, is that your real name? Oh, no, it's a nickname. My real name's Anthony. You call me Anthony if you want. <laughs> yeah, like from a but, 100 uh, to zero. Well, that's I mean, yes. <laughs> a lot of the diaspora, I feel like, you know, like us, and I'm sure there's a lot of others kind of have that um, like confliction. You know, what sort of identity do you introduce yourself as if in the U.S.? You I know, mean, my, you know, my, my grandparents had the same thing when they came over, Yanko and Yanya. Um, Everybody just called Yanko Yank. He just went, you know, Y-A-N-K, Yank. Hmm. And then Yanya just went by Jana, J-A-N-A. So they all, you know, and there's stories of tons and tons of people who have had to do that. You know, uh, Mila, he was the guy who ran the Croatian Hall in Sacramento. Um, he just went by Mike. You know, everybody just kind of got to come up with an Americanized name to hmm. get on the same page as people. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you want to fit into the new society that you're living in with a new language. I mean... Of that's course, sort of, of part of the assimilation but i think i feel like our generation is now really trying to you know rediscover our our roots for sure for sure uh, i want to get into your your baseball career a little bit you know when did that start when did you start playing baseball i grew up in a baseball family you know my dad taught me when i was a little kid i mean i'm talking there's a crazy story about the day i was born that i'm not going to need to get into but <laughs> but basically you know my dad wanted me born on a certain day so it would help my age for baseball so wow. you know he knew before I, he knew before i was born that i was going to be a baseball player and i got older cousins um, older cousin andrew he played the he played in the major leagues uh, with san francisco giants and won a world series with them in 2014 um, that's my first cousin and then daniel's or sorry sorry andrew he's the oldest of the four of us he has um a younger brother mato who he was the one who played for the croatian national team um he was he played baseball at unr uh nevada reno he was a pitcher there for two years and then he just kind of went on a trip and heard that there was some baseball in croatia wanted to go watch and 
was playing catch one day and and uh, the coach i believe was Ivan Rachic, he's the coach of not a sweet baseball team and he just kind of said like hey you know you know you can just tell hey, if you you know you can just tell by the way somebody plays catch whether they play baseball or not and you just kind of invited him to come play for the team and uh, Matt ended up going over to Croatia and playing for the split team and then ended up getting his citizenship and playing for the national team. Wow. Uh, and then the two of them have a younger brother named Daniel who was just drafted the 19th overall pick to the Oakland A's out of Arizona. He's a catcher and uh, he's actually making his minor league debut today with the, uh, the uh, Stockton ports. Oh, so wow, all of our family's cool. going down there today um, for minor league baseball. But yeah, like I said, baseball family. And then I'm the youngest out of the four of them. I'm here in Arizona right now, um, right-handed pitcher. But I completely grew up in a baseball family, as you can tell. Um, didn't really have an option, but at the same time, wouldn't really want it any other way. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you were even bred for baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> That's Absolutely. pretty cool. Um, well, you mentioned Daniel, who's making his pro debut. You guys mm-hmm. played together in high school and your freshman year at U of A? Freshman year, year of A, this was kind of well, our last guaranteed year together. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like I would tell people, I was a pitcher, he was a catcher. Probably 99% of pitches I've ever thrown off the mound have been to Daniel. And mm. uh, we just have a special connection and everything. He's been my catcher since I first started pitching when I was seven years old, all the way up through Little League, club ball, um, and high school. And he's been my catcher forever. <laughs> You'll actually like this. We have a little, uh, we always had a little sign, uh, sign language or not sign language. What am I, uh, just like a little sign system in Croatian. Cause we hated <laughs> doing, we would have a verbal system in Croatian. And cause I mean, you know, it's not like speaking Spanish in, in California where everybody knows Spanish. No, you know, hardly anybody knows Croatian, especially baseball players. Mm-hmm. So if we didn't want to, if we didn't want to put down signs for pitches, Dana would just, Hey, dame jedan, you know, one, it's a fastball. <laughs> You know, that's a, that's a curveball. And then we started, you know, you wanted to get more and more into it. And we'd have a family system. You know, he would say, he would say, Baca or Dida. And that's your grandparents. Your grandparents are slow. So it's a slow pitch. It's a curveball. <laughs> or he'd say, you know, Andrew or Rachel, that's one of our younger cousins. They're fast. So that'd be a fastball. So we always had that sign system. And my dad was actually our pitching coach and he was the one who'd call pitches. So he would just, from the dugout, straight up, just yell it at us. <laughs> just say, hey, dame yedan lutra. Okay, it's a fastball inside, you know. Oh my <laughs> so God. I guess that's kind of that's kind of the only Croatian that I do that I do re- really know. <laughs> that's actually so cool, though. I, I mean, I played baseball all through high school. And I don't know. That sounds like a dream. Like I can't explain it, but it's like combining baseball and Croatian. Like that sounds so cool, actually. Yeah, and it was it was actually really efficient signs. Like you know, if you had to run around second, you didn't have to give multiples. It was just you got you got my dad screaming at us, you know. <laughs> you know curveball outside <laughs> so it actually it actually helped out a lot and you know you'd have all these people looking at us like you have umpires go up to daniel and he was catching like hey are you guys speaking russian like oh no it's croatian don't worry about it <laughs> those are our signs don't worry about it yeah that's pretty cool yeah especially you mentioned with the runner on second for those who don't, who don't know you have to give you know like an extra layer of signs because you the that runner can kind of see the signs so you have to give yeah. an extra layer of code so to speak <laughs> that's Basically, pretty cool yeah you gotta hide your signs so the hitter doesn't know what's coming well that's easier for you to think for sure i used to hate having to um like remember the sign system with the runner on second and then you got to remember the bunt and the number of looks and yeah uh, oh that's a- and you know, like we always did it. We always did it in high school because my dad was our pitching coach then. And then I finally got to college, and you know, 
you don't really come into college and bring in your own signs <laughs> and everything. It's like, you know, that you have the thing that you do here at Arizona and you have your multiples. So you go by that. And then one of these games when Daniel was catching me, you know, he got the sign from our coach and instead of putting down signs, he just yelled at me in Croatian. And I just kind of stepped off the mound, smiled. I was like, all right, it's back to this. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like, it was, it was like a little good, little confidence boost and just like a little nostalgic, just like, you know, having Daniel scream, you know, like, all right, I like it. <laughs> Did the coach say anything Polaco, after? Polaco. He loves it. He's like, he's like, what, what, what did you guys just do? It's like, Polaco, what are you going to do? Change up. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> I love that. Um, and you're, during your high school career, you know, you were a touted prospect going into college, but you had a, I don't know, was it a full Tommy John or it was some elbow surgery? It wasn't full, it wasn't full Tommy John, but it was a UCL surgery. Um, well, you know, with Tommy John, usually they'll take out your torn UCL and then they'll put in. Uh, tendon from either your wrist or the back of your knee and they'll put it in your mm. elbow and kind of takes about a year to teach it to work as a ligament. Well, for my surgery, I never had to take that original ligament out. I had a very partial tear in a very specific spot where we were able to do this. It's a very new surgery. It's only been around for about six or seven years and it's called UCL primary repair where they just put an internal brace into the ligament and stabilize the ligament that way. And it's about half the recovery time and knock on wood, the results have been really well. The results have gone really good over the past few years and, and nobody's, like I said, knock on wood, with my surgeon who had done the surgery about 100 times, none of his patients had re-injured the ligament. So we decided, you know, let's take a chance. It's a newer surgery, but let's take a chance and see how it goes. And my first year at Arizona, I was about a year out of the surgery, and I never missed a single I never missed a single inning because of arm health. You know, I was able to make it through a full season. Um, had 47 innings under my belt. It was a great year and was able to pitch a lot and pitch healthy. What what was it like during that rehab mentally? I mean, were you already committed to U of A? <laughs> yeah, I was. I I'd been committed to U of A for a while, and I I told my coaches like, hey, I'm I'm undergoing this surgery. You know, we're we're gonna see what happens. But and they were open to it, and um, it all it all ended up working out. But I mean, I'll tell you what, during those few months, and and you start having setbacks and stuff, and all of a sudden you start having all these little things, you know, Hey, I'm supposed to be throwing at six. I'm supposed to be throwing at three months, supposed to be off a mound at six months, but I'm seven months in and I can't throw 80% because I got this thing, you know, in the back of my elbow or my shoulder and you have all these complications. It can get pretty mentally, it can get pretty mentally straining, but, um, you know, you just have to stay the course and have trust in our staff and everything here and end up doing a good job and, and I'm healthy. And like I said, I had a full season. It was a good season. Hmm. Yeah. So that was this, this was your sophomore year then that you just finished? Just finished my freshman year, going into my sophomore year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, I wanted to ask you then about the most recent season. I thought you were, were just finishing your sophomore year at this point. No, Daniel just finished his sophomore year. He was, he's a little bit older, so he was a draft-eligible sophomore, so he was able to get drafted as a sophomore. He had two years, and then I was a year younger, so I just finished up my first year with him. And like I said, it was a fun year. It was a really cool year, and um, yeah, had a good time, ready for more. Mm-hmm. Do you know who your new catcher is going to be? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what hap- we'll see what happens in the fall and in the spring. But uh, it'll be a good competition. But it won't be Daniel. Will not be Daniel. <laughs> nah, but yeah, that's awesome for him too. Uh, I'm excited for his debut no, tonight. I mean, yeah, it, it'll be huge. I can't wait. And he's gonna do some really good things, and we're all really excited for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always wondered why baseball. Like we never had a lot of famous Croatians playing baseball. Like especially in the modern era. I know in the past we had um, what's it, like Roger Maris and a couple other guys. Roger Maris, playing. yeah, very good. Yeah, I mean, there's guys that pop up that you just kind of never knew. Um, you know, at Fenway Park they have Pesky Pole. 
who that's named after. He was a Croatian. Roger Maris was a Croatian. Um, well, you got Andrew Susek, older cousin. He's Croatian. Mm-hmm, true, uh, yeah. There's a few, there's a few others. Uh, Dan Plesak. He was a pitcher back in the day. He's got Zach Plesak, his younger kid. Both of them are the Plesaks are Croatian. Um, I'd always joke around, you know, I was playing, uh, I was playing fantasy football this year for the first time. And I was telling everybody, I mean, the best, the best football coaches in the world are all Croatian, you know, Bill <laughs> Belichick and Nick Saban, <laughs> Belichick and Saban are both Croatian. Pete Carroll's Croatian. I'd always joke about that, you know? <laughs> yeah. The best, the best football coaches in the world are all Croatians. <laughs> yeah. That's really true though. They are. And they are probably the three best football coaches. I would always argue with people. I, I, I would, I would say it just to argue. I would just kind of start arguments with people, but I think there's actually something to it that, you know, athletics in Croatia. And I think Croatia, when you take population into account is maybe the most athletic country in the world mm. when you, when you look at it. And I think there's a debate to be had there, but I mean, you talk about your two world cup runs in 98 and 2018, you know, the second smallest country to ever make a world cup final. Um, but you have some of the best. You have some of the best soccer in the world. You have some of the best handball in the world. Some of the best tennis players in the world. And you know, Martin Cilic. Uh, lately, I've I've really gotten into tennis, so I've been following along with all the tennis players. Martin Cilic, uh, born in Chorich, they actually just played. To, they actually just played against each other today in Montreal. Oh, really? Um, Cilic got the better of them. Two sets. Two sets. Nothing. But I was. I got up bright and early. Well, not bright and early, but I got up at nine thirty this morning to watch. <laughs> to watch them play and uh i mean it's just cool to see you know especially especially a guy like especially a guy like chilich i just have an unbelievable appreciation for martin chilich because you know he's from um god what what city is he from why am i blanking on the name in uh, herzegovina um yeah i'm blanking too it's, now it's not Chiluk or Catholic Pil- Chocolina? It's it's right outside of Chiluk. right out, right outside of Chiluk. i mean actually it probably is part of Chiluk. it's uh where they had the apparitions Oh, Medjugorje. Oh, yeah, yeah. Medjugorje. Yes, he's yeah, from Medjugorje. And right. you know, when I when I went to, when I went to Croatia, we actually took a day trip to Medjugorje, and it was it was really cool. But you know, to see like that guy came from a, from a, a real village, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and he is what he is. And I, I know they have other players. I know Ivica Zubac is from there. I want to say there's another tennis player from there. Maybe Ivan Dodrig is from there. But but I mean, you see on athletes, you have world class, you have unbelievable tennis. You know, Goran Ivanishevich from there too. Basketball mm-hmm. players, you have six six basketball players in the NASBF Hall of Fame from Croatia. Um, you have the Sinkovic brothers. I already said handball, water polo. Yeah. Um, you just have a lot of sports that have unbelievable athletes from this tiny little country that most people can't even point out on the map. Mm-hmm. And what? Yeah, three point eight million right now. Not even four. Exactly. Million. Not even four million. And I don't know. Have, did you ever watch the uh, FIFA Plus documentary, the uh, Croatia Defining a Nation? I think it just came out like two months ago. No, I just saw that recently and put it on my list, but is, I never saw it. It is it is unbelievable. You gotta watch it. It's really yeah. really good, and it's it just kind of talks about how Croatia is is one of those countries where sports has really helped define the country. You know how we declared our independence in '91, and the war was over in '95, and Next thing you know, in '92, we played the dream team in the fi- in the USA dream team in the finals. Uh, Gordon Ivanišević won a few medals in the Olympics in '92, our first Olympics we ever had. Um, you know, the Euros in '96 and the World Cup in '98 that we performed really well. And you know, people didn't even know what Croatia was. People didn't even know that it was a country. People didn't even know that they, we just went through 
such you know a, a bloody homeland war and and we're able to compete at the highest level of world sports and it's it's really cool to see and you know being over there you understand how big sports are especially if you're in the soccer scene the tortilla and bad blue boys and all that and all the flares and everything i love that stuff i think it's just awesome <laughs> yeah people are crazy about sports over here especially people the soccer. Are crazy <laughs> crazy 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 i love it i mean our family's crazy so <laughs> she kind of mm-hmm. feeds it well yeah i wanted to uh talk a little about your family because i read your bio i don't know if you wrote this it was on i guess the u of a website i'm forgetting now but i yeah, read bio and um like i'll just read some of this out here your sister was a national champion uh synchronized swimmer at stanford uh your cousin daniel uh the wildcats 2021 pac-12 freshman of the year and now um drafted Cousin Liz mm-hmm. played soccer at UCLA. Matt played baseball at Nevada and with the Croatian national team. Cousin Andrew played baseball at Oregon State. Six, se- six seasons of Major League Baseball. I mean, wow, that's that's quite the athletic family there. It is a very athletic family. And yeah, you, you mentioned, I think, well, my sister, she was a synchronized swimmer and my mom got her into that. And she graduated from Stanford two years ago. And um, she was able to, they won the national championship uh, her senior year and, you know, they had rings, they got their rings and everything. And that was really cool for her. Um, but, you know, we already talked about myself, Daniel, Andrew Mato, and then, yeah, Liz, cousin Liz, she, she, uh, well, you know, she lived in uh, Huntington beach. That's one of another set of our cousins from Huntington beach. Her dad, uh, Zlatko, he is from Rijeka and then he came over to America. He's another great success story came over to America at 19, didn't speak any English. The, the way it was explained to me, he came to America with his life packed up in a suitcase and $1,000 and was able to actually build up a, a well-established company. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of uh, Zadro Products. They make like mirrors and stuff. I mean, the main thing that they do is mirrors, but they have a lot of you know beauty and household products. And they're based out of uh, Huntington Beach. Mm. And that's uh, our cousins live down there. And then they had... Uh, two kids, Alex and Liz, and yeah, Liz was a four-year four-year soccer player at UCLA. They went to the far of the women's uh, women's soccer tournament all four years that she was there. Wow! So she had a great she had a great college career, and you know, I think oh god, what is that? That's six of us. Six of us have played uh, collegiate sports. So yeah, big big athletic family. Big uh, you know, Pensacovats athletes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there some competitiveness between you guys at I don't know like family gatherings or Oh God, you would you would not believe you would not believe the wiffle ball games because you know it's a baseball <laughs> family, so you play wiffle ball at every every party, you know, Fourth of July birthday parties. I mean, it was talk about war. It didn't, it didn't matter what you played. If we were in the backyard in the pool playing sharks and minnows, it was war. Pool basketball it was war. Wiffle ball war. You know, playing pros versus joes, wrestling stuff. It was just war. <laughs> You know, all super, super, super competitive, lots of swearing, lots of just everything. Yeah, you said 4th of July, wiffle ball. I felt like I was back in the U.S. right now with that. (laughs) That's like the most American thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, I wanted to point out another part of your bio, uh, that you were the proud owner of a 4.91 out of 5 rating as a DoorDash driver. Is that absolutely. is that true with over one thousand completed that is, that deliveries? Absolutely true. You talk absolutely true. You talk about um, my arm injury that I had. I had like you know I went from training three to four hours a day to like hey I gotta let my elbow rest. I can't really do anything. And 
I was eligible to become a DoorDash driver and a bunch of my friends are doing it during COVID and it kind of just timed up where COVID and everybody's DoorDashing and it kind of just worked out well for me, especially, you know, California, there's a lot of restrictions where people can't eat at restaurants and I was just started crushing DoorDash and my dad just got, my dad got competitive about it. So we were both going together and doing all these deliveries, but I think I have like a thousand and fifty deliveries and a 4.91 rating. And, um, I'll never forget, I was watching a baseball game one day and there was a pitcher for the twins and his thing said like, 4.9 star uber driver rating and that just always stuck with me. like that's like the best fun fact ever <laughs> like, this guy's a major league pitcher and he was an uber driver two years ago that's awesome <laughs> so i always thought you know when i did this i was like oh perfect i can go put that on any little like question any little media questionnaire i ever get so yeah that is absolutely 1000 percent true if you're in the if you're in the sacramento area and you're getting a doordash order and it's a big white big white uh, toyota tacoma with just a giant croatian good up on the back of it that's me <laughs> So you're not eating anyone's fries then or taking sips out of your drink? No, 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 (laughs) no. Good drivers don't eat people's food. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you doing any of that? I know you told me off the record, I may have to cut this out, but you've got a lot of free time over there right now during the off season. (laughs) Are you going to pick that up? I have have not been DoorDash lately. Gas prices are up and people can eat at restaurants now. So it's not quite, not quite making as much money as I would have now and or as I would have back then. So, you know. That died down, but I can pick it up at any time if I want. If I'm bored enough, I just might. Hmm. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, it's a nice little paycheck too, some pocket money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last part of your bio here, you know, you wrote patriotic Croatian who loves following Croatian sports. Now we just we went over all these Croatian sports. You talked a little about tennis, and you're playing tennis now. Um, obviously, you're watching, you know, Croatian soccer. Is there anything else that you're following? from here i mean literally literally everything i have a i have an app that just gives me all these updates on people like you know i'm the only one of my friends who's watching croatian ping pong you know <laughs> who's watching like keeping up with with tomislav putzar and <laughs> and uh some of the other guys that are playing ping pong like uh, table tennis on the world circuit you know i'm keeping up with handball teams i'm keeping up with uh Hajduk, obviously i'm keeping up with every tennis player I can find alerts if any of the Croatian basketball players are playing, you know, if, uh, Ivica Zubac or, you know, um, one, ah, God, I'm blank on his name. He just got drafted by this, um, uh, just got drafted this last year in the, in the NBA draft. Carlo, uh, uh Matkovic, Carlo Matkovic. Matkovic. Yeah. Yes. So all those guys, I have alerts on all those, on all of them. Uh, I was waking up early to go watch water polo, go watch World Water Polo Championships. Basically, any event. Uh, obviously, when the Olympics are on, I'm watching every single event, mm-hmm. um, men's and women's, just kind of keeping up. And, you know, it was really cool this year to see both uh, doubles championships, you know. Um, yeah. Cilic and Ivan Dojig taking second to uh, Metki Cimpavic, you know, to see, uh, to see Croatians get gold and silver in tennis is pretty pretty damn cool you know you talk about what a small country it is pretty cool to watch all that yeah for real and you mentioned you're playing tennis um sorry go ahead no i I mean i i I don't play tennis i i got really into ping pong it's actually funny because i was i got really into ping pong when i got hurt and i was getting really good so i decided to go buy a custom paddle and um i bought a uh ah He's a Croatian guy. He has a he has a butterfly pedal. Zora uh, Zoran. God, I'm blank on his uh, last name. They mentioned him in the the Office, the TV show. Uh, yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah. yes. I forget what his last yes, name is. Yes, mentioned him, but yes, I <laughs> I bought his paddle because I was like, huh. I mean, I'll I'll probably figure out how to use this thing. So I bought his <laughs> blades and 
And, but yeah, I'm always, always kind of doing little things and honoring my heritage every, every opportunity that I get. But, but sports is a big thing. Recently, I've, I've gotten really into food, really into Croatian food. Mm. I mean, I guess that, that kind of kicked off, uh, you know, just as a kid and my, uh, Baca, she was the one when we would have the extravaganza, she was, she would do all of the pastries by herself. And I mean, if you've, if you've ever seen how Croatian pastries are made, it's not easy and it's a multiple day process, but you know, I never understood like the labor of love that went into it when I was a kid, you know, I never understood, like, it was just, I just grew up around it. So it was normal to me. It was normal walking to Baca's house and seeing, I'm not joking, 70, 80 feet of just dough laid out around the house, <laughs> getting ready, getting ready for strudel and hustle and fritule and all that stuff. So, you know, I definitely grew up, Baca made really good hustle, really good, I mean, you know, fritole, uh, upstike, we call it upstike. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, all sorts of food, pork roast, uh, chivape, all that. And then when uh, when Matt and my cousin Nick, when they took their first trips to Croatia, they came back and they were just like, chivape is the best thing ever. So they started making chivape, introduced me to Ivar, and then now I just love chivape. <laughs> so then, you know, I went to Croatia and we went to Split, and I mean, if you've ever been to Split and you've ever had Chivapa and Split, I'm sure you've probably at least heard of Kanton Palina. That became just my favorite restaurant in the world. I would go there literally every day, 10-piece Chivapa with Lepinha. I was introduced uh, I was introduced to Kaimak, mm. and now, you know, that's a big uh, Kaimak or Aivar. Oh, God, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> Kaimak is really hard to find in the U.S. It's really hard to find in the U.S. I can find Aivar at basically any, you know, like international grocery store. Kaimak is hard to come by and you can't just make that stuff. <laughs> mm, yeah. You stole my last question. You probably, I guess you, you mentioned you listened to some of my other podcasts. Maybe you heard you cheated. But I, I did. I did. I did. I did hear you ask. I did hear you ask Petar, uh, that question, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I learned how to make, I learned, I learned how to make Chavapa and I'd make Chavapa for all my family. So we'd have big family parties and wow. From scratch. Would, uh, oh yeah. So yeah you're grinding the meat, you're putting it together. I'm not grinding the meat. I, I would buy ground ground beef and ground pork, but mm-hmm. everything else, yeah, you go throw uh, salt, and garlic powder, onion, uh, maybe either, either sometimes pulverized onions, sometimes onion powder depends on. You know, I've experimented with a bunch of stuff. Um, soda water. Um, really, soda and then everybody kind of has their. That's just another thing that they would they would you know it would uh, tenderize the meat. That mm-hmm. was something that somebody taught me. A lot of people will put uh, baking soda or baking powder in it instead of soda water, but. One of the things I picked up, lots of garlic. Croatians love garlic. Never go wrong with garlic. Mm. Um, and then, you know, some people like to cook on a barbecue. Some people like to cook on a flat grill. You just, you know, you have hard-headed Croatians who just have their way of doing things. <laughs> so it depends on who you ask, you know, what way you cook it. So I, I, I've been making chivape for probably the last four years a lot. And I make it for all my American friends and they all love it. Um, <laughs> recently, as of like the last two months, I've learned how to make lepinyan goulash just been crushing lepinyan goulash wow, nonstop. Really? Goulash is easy. Lepinyan is not. I'm not very good at kneading bread. That's a, that's a learning like, you know, when the, like when the yeast is risen and when that's ready to bake and that stuff's hard, but I've made it good a few times and it, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Well, you weren't kidding then when you said you've really been getting into the, into the food. Really, really been getting into the food. I mean, I went to Croatia and I just thought it was like the greatest food on earth. And I'm just like, God, people have no, people have no clue how good Croatian food is. I was like every day. And I mean, 
I gained so much. I think I went there for like 15 days and gained like 11 pounds. I was eating. <laughs> I was just nonstop eating. I think every day I'd wake up at breakfast, we'd go to, you know, my family, the family I'd stay with the most there from Dugalpoya. It's a little town, village town, uh, about 15 minutes outside of Split. And you know, we'd wake up and go to Tommy in the grocery store, go grab uh, Burek, you know, Meso Burek. I'd go crush Burek for breakfast. Uh, for lunch, I'd go to Kampun Palina and just go crush like a 10 or 15 piece javafe sandwich. <laughs> and then for dinner, it was Miyashano Meso. And it was just meat and potatoes nonstop every <laughs> single night. <laughs> and I was just like in heaven. I was, this is the greatest stuff ever. There's a lot of goulash, uh, a lot of chavape. I love pursuit and Croatia has mm. just got some of the best pursuit in the world. Um, crushing, like I said, Miyashano Meso. Or Miyashano Meso. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, the I got there, got off the plane. Family had a pekka ready for me. I didn't even oh. know a pekka was a thing, and that's a oh, that is just a delicacy. People don't understand how good a pekka is. Yeah, but that's a different animal. I that's, just, ooh. I was just like, you know, this is the best stuff ever. <laughs> so <laughs> once I got home, I wanted to make sure I knew how to, I knew how to uh, make it all. And like I said, I've been teaching myself. Wow, I might have to have you send me some of those recipes, especially the lepinia. <laughs> lepinia, yeah, I just, I just, honestly, I just looked it up on YouTube. There's some, there's actually a Bosnia lady who's, uh, her YouTube channel is Zlatna Ruke, Golden Hands, and I just, for whatever reason, just thought that was the best thing ever. I've been following her recipe, and it actually works pretty well. So, I just got to get a hot oven, get some water, yeast, salt, sugar, and uh, some flour, and you're good to go. It's actually pretty simple. A lot of Croatian food is very simple. It's a lot of flavor, but it's, it's all, it's all very simple. Now, are you a, a seafood fan at all? Not huge. I mean, you mentioned the pekkas. Not huge. I know there's, you know, you have like octopus pekka and you have stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially with a lot of my families from Dalmatia, especially Split, you know, it's really easy to get a lot of good seafood there. I was never a huge seafood person, uh, you know, maybe whitefish if anything. So I, but, you know, eventually I'll go back and I will definitely eat more of seafood. And I got a whole checklist of things I want to do when I go back. And I hope to God next summer I can go back, but. You know, going to Croatia was kind of, it was, it was like a, it was, it was a huge trip for me. Just as my first time going, it's the only time I've been. And it was a good perspective for me. And it was kind of, you know, I, I would tell people, well, we went for 15 days and we went all over the country. You know, we landed in Split, um, drove up to Zagreb, spent the night in Bjelovar, had a lot of family in Bjelovar, actually went to Vukovar and Ilok, spent the night in Ilok, drove back to Zagreb for three nights, came back down the coast, stopped in, um, Zadar saw one of my grandpa's old caretakers in Zadar for a few hours and then kind of spent the rest of the time in Split. took a day trip to Medjugorje and uh, Chitluk and you know I, I would tell people there's you know there's two things that kind of changed the way I, I looked at the world from that trip and it was going to Vukovar and seeing my grandpa's village in Blatnica and Chitluk you know you go to Vukovar and you just kind of understand you know everything that happened there and how bloody it was and you see, you know, it was a really, you know, I hate to say it was a cool trip for me because obviously it's, you know, it's very gory and, you know, it's not easy to go. But, um, you know, going to Vukovar, seeing the hospital, going to Ovchara, seeing the barn there and everything, it's it's a lot deeper than just, you know, hearing about it, reading an article about it or watching a YouTube video about it. And I've actually, you know, started to educate myself a lot more about the war and about, you know, what Croatians were doing to fight for freedom and everything. And, you know, I had a lot of family that was there during the war. And like I said, I'd hear stories and they're horrible, but actually going to Fulkovat and seeing it firsthand. And my grandpa had a caretaker. Um, she was from Vinkovci. Her name was Orka. And, you know, hearing stories from her and 
and driving through Vinkovci is, you know, it's pretty sad, but it's, but you know, it's, it's, I think it's really important for all Croatians to see and, and to understand, you know, what they fought for and everything. I, I think that's, a, mm-hmm. a, it's a very worthwhile trip for all people to do. And it's, it's just a very big part of, of our culture, you know, and especially, you know, coming as, as, as such a new country that so little people know about, I think it's really important to see, you know, everything that we fought for and, and, and all that. And I think that's like another bucket list. And uh, I don't know if I'd say bucket list, but another important thing I'd want to see when I go back is go to Canine, you know, where Operation Storm and where we kind of the last won our last battle to kind of end the war. I think that's something that I'd kind of want to see. Yeah, the anniversary was just the other day. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. The I had some cousins there with the. Uh, well, I forget, I forget what they call it, but with the the horse and the competitions and all that, it's really cool. Horse competitions. Uh, it's some competition very or i think it's in canine but i don't know if, or, yeah operation storm the anniversary was the other day but that's another whole different i forget if it's in canine or if it no it's not in canine it's in another city but there was uh some big competitions there the other day uh to uh, that was another war in the 1700s but some other cool stuff you know just cultural stuff that i think is really cool to see and and but like but you know it's Volkovar, like i said and then going to see my grandpa's village and um and blatnica you know blatnica is just like it's it's a really really tiny village that i probably barely anybody ever knows about and you know my grandpa he grew up or not sorry i grew up and my grandpa he had pretty he had pretty good dementia so you know he would kind of say outlandish stuff sometimes and he would always say mate bulic was from blatnica and we never believed them because Blatnica is just this tiny little village. I'm talking a few hundred people, you know, one, two, three hundred people outside uh, in the in, in Chitluk. And one day we looked it up and Mata Bulic was actually from Blatnica. And me and my dad just flipped out like, oh, my God, Yank was right. <laughs> this guy is no joke. But but I think going to see uh, his house, I mean, we're talking about a stone house the size of my living room, you know, and. Mm-hmm. slept on the floors and another thing that i'd want to do when i go back is to go see my grandma's village and i know my aunt has been there and you know she always told me baka slept on a stone bed and you know my grandpa like I, he he escaped from yugoslavia you know him and his best friend swam a river um over on the slovenia border to go wow. into austria and he would always tell us you know we would hear stories about him and um in refugee camp in Austria and all these, all these things that he was doing to just hopefully get an opportunity to come over to America. And, you know, he was fortunate enough to have a good life in America and set up his own, uh, set up his own business and really, you know, built that Croatian community in Sacramento are really tighten it. And I'm not, have you ever, have you ever been to the Croatian hall in Sacramento? No, actually, I think I've only been to, I haven't even been to the San Pedro hall. I've like gotcha. only stuck around at the LA community and now I wish I would have. Wow even traveled you know like to canada i know they have some big ones uh-huh. pittsburgh cleveland yes you know, yes the, chicago all of those places yeah i wish i would have uh, been I, i've like i said i've only i've only really spent time at our hall i've never been to st anthony's i really want to come to st anthony's but you know i never understood what a huge impact my family had on the croatian community until like one of those big things for me is i was actually going to a big uh baseball event down in uh down in long beach uh, area code games and we were, me and my dad were driving down there and, you know, I'd followed LA Vatani on social media and I saw that they were in San Pedro. So, you know, watching, there was a big San, San Pedro watch party for the world cup. And I told my dad, I said, Hey, while well, we're driving down there, I wouldn't mind stopping by in San Pedro. 
you know, he goes, oh, yeah, sure. We're actually really close family friends with the old mayor of Rancho Palos Verdes, uh, Jerry Duhovich. He's from, um, you know, I think he's from down there, but very, very close family friends with them. So my dad's like, yeah, we can go see Jerry. You know, we can go to San Pedro. So we walked into San Pedro. It was actually funny. And we didn't know what to do. We didn't know if anybody would be there or not. So we just kind of walked in the front door and there's all these old, older men and they're all watching TV with donuts. They're all just sitting around on a round table uh, with a, with donuts watching TV. And I look at what they're watching and, you know, they have Croatian TV and we always had Croatian TV from my grandpa. So I was familiar with it, you know, HRT and all that. So <laughs> I look at what they're watching and they're watching a rowing competition. And I go, I'm like kind of looking at it close. And I remember I got a cousin in Croatia, Tomislav Smutacek, who's the cousin, who's the captain of one of the rowing teams that they're watching the top huh. rowing, the top, it's, I think it's called like Argonaut, the top rowing team. So they're literally watching one of my uh, cousin's rowing conferences. I'm like, this is awesome. And then, you know, they have like this little founder's room and they had all and everything um, with all these names on it. And I was just reading, I was just kind of looking at it, not expecting much. And all of a sudden Yanko Sushats pops up and I was like, Oh my God, you're telling me like my grandpa was one of the, you know, it's a seven hour drive down to San Pedro from Sacramento and he's donating all this money and time to help them set up their community here. And then like, as, as I was saying before, you know, he had dementia and we actually ended up having to uh, put him into a care home. And then kind of when we moved him out, we started going through his office and he had all these, all these letters in his office and all these DVD or uh, like VCR tapes in his office. And he had, um, he had some letters. It was a thank you letter from the uh, Milwaukee soccer Croatian soccer club. And they were saying, Hey, thank you for your donation um, to the soccer club and everything. And just sent this nice, you know, this nice letter and all these VCR tapes of all these, uh, you know, when the war was going on, we were doing a lot of stuff with the news and they were coming to the club and, and the news was filming out. Cause that was, you know, it was big news as modern day Europe has this horrible war going on. And, you know, my dad was helping a lot, being a spokesman and, um, you know, bringing awareness to the situation. So we got all these tapes and stuff of, of them on TV, of them on the local news talking about, you know, trying to help out Croatia and the war and everything. So it was all these cool little things that I kind of found out like, wow, you know, my family just has this, this huge impact in, 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 uh, in the Northern California Croatian community. And there was all these different, all these different companies that got set up. You know, my grandpa started Yankee Electric. There was M&M Printing, which was uh, like a business card printing shop. Uh, there was J&J Body Shop, which is still around, still where I go and get my, uh, my truck fixed and everything. Zlatko Vasil, uh, Zlatko and Jozo Vasil, you know, they set up a, a nice shop and everything. There was my uh, cousin, or not my cousin, my, my uncle set up uh, Steve's, Steve's California Kitchen uh his name was stoyan he set up a he set up a kitchen all these you know uh people from croatia just kind of became entrepreneurs and had these great little success stories in sacramento and it was really cool and you know i'm not sure are you familiar with uh good each wine yeah yeah of course from napa valley yeah so they're uh, you know milianko came from from croatia and another very close family friend of ours and he helped kind of you know pioneer uh the napa valley wine scene and all that and he was always a big donor for the Croatian extravaganza. And, you know, actually it's funny, my aunt Christina, she was the one who came up with the idea to, to set up uh, the extravaganza. She was 19 years old in 1983. They decided to have their first extravaganza because, you know, before that, my, you know, Dida, he was the one who had founded the land uh, to build the hall on. And it was, it wasn't much of a hall back then. I think he founded it in 75 and it was just a land and they would kind of have these little picnics and stuff and, and make a buck every here and there. And, 
you know, uh, his daughter, Christina, she just kind of had the idea like, Hey, we should do a big extravaganza and bring awareness to, you know, all these Croatians, um, who have these businesses and everything set up. And she started the extravaganza. And to this day, it's still our biggest fundraiser every year. Um, my dad is the vice president of the Croatian American cultural center, the our, our club and everything. Um, and then his brother, Nick actually built the place, you know, and in the mid nineties, we just, they decided like, Hey, you know, they were kind of running everything out of the corner in the shed and almost out of like a shed, and they said, hey, we should actually build a hall and start renting it out for weddings. So my brother, Nick, who was a con- or my dad's brother, Nick, who was a contractor, and Andrea Topic were the two main people who built this. And, and like I said, you, you really got to come to Sacramento for one of these extravaganzas and get everybody from L.A. to come up. And it's a great party. And it's just beautiful, beautiful grounds. And it's a, it's a beautiful wedding hall with an indoor and outdoor venue. And we have a great time. We've gotten all sorts of big singers. I know in the nineties, they actually got Oliver to show up. They'd get, they wow. got, Kichos, uh, you know, jo- Johnny Martian, uh, Kronoslav Kichoslavinas to show up. It was kind of my first, like, oh, wait, you know, when I was a kid, I never really went. Cause I wasn't like, you know, I didn't know too much. I just didn't like, you know, when I was 12 years old, I wasn't all about partying until one in the morning and everything. Obviously I wasn't, you know, I didn't drink and everything. So, I think, I think in eighth grade in 2017, I went to Zlatko Pjakovic came and all my cousins were like, Hey, let's go, you know, like, let's, let's have a great time at the festival. So I actually went and actually ended up dancing and everything until, you know, two in the morning to Zlatko Pjakovic. And I just thought it was the most fun thing ever. And that's when I really started getting into, Hey, we really got to go to Croatia. You know, magazine came, we had all these Klapa bands come. We've had some awesome singers. Uh, this year we had the Bravo band from Chicago and it was a really fun time. And, Obviously, it was really cool meeting Petar and, and Johnny and all of them, and I can't wait for next year. But, but yeah, as I was, you know, my family, it's it's they really have a big impact on the Croatian scene up here in, in Sacramento. Well, yeah, it sounds like not only in Sacramento, but, you know, Milwaukee, San Pedro. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> and there's way more than that. There's way more than that that I never that I never saw, but they were always, you know, going down to San Jose, San Francisco, doing all these soccer tournaments and everything. We started – you know, the, our family and the Jupans, they started all sorts of soccer teams uh, up here in Sacramento, very competitive and everything. And I know definitely down in LA and Canada, there's, there's a big Croatian soccer scene over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned how cool it is to see the, the reach that your family has and the, the impact that they have in the Croatian community. I mean, I felt the same way, you know, growing up and then finding out probably only recently, in the last couple of years, that my dad was part of the Croatian radio program. And he would, you know, do a radio broadcast, put it on, get it on cassette, I guess, on tape and drive it down to the radio station for them to play it on the weekend. And, um, you know, during the war, he went to D.C. with a group to help lobby for Croatia. And, yep. you know, I don't know if you know the Maglites, flashlights. Yes, yes, Maglites. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Mag- Maglitsa, sorry, Maglitsa. Maglitsa, yeah. My dad and a, you know, a big Croatian group from L.A., went down to the factory, which is over there in LA and, you know, they're pa- packing flashlights for supplies to send over there and stuff like that. That's awesome. And it really, awesome. You know, you get a real big sense of pride when you hear things right. like that. And I mean, yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm sure you had the same thing, but kind of you, you grew up around it and you never realized how significant it was until you got older and, mm-hmm. and you start to see all these people talking about, you know, unfortunately both my grandpa and the other day both passed, but you know, when, you know, going, you know, seeing their funerals and everything and seeing all these Croatian people come together and they talk about what an unbelievable impact they had on the community. It was, it was really eye opening for me and it was really cool to see. And it's like, it's like you said, it's, it's, you just get this big sense of pride and, and Croatian are just, I think they're some of the most prideful people on earth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. 
uh, Tonko, we're coming down here towards the end of the time. Um, you know, I wanted to thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast and, you know, really telling these awesome stories. I swear, I love that you guys were giving each other signs in Croatian on the field. That's so cool. <laughs> That's like something that I wanted when I was in high school. <laughs> but uh, You should have taught your catcher Croatian. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I needed to learn Croatian first. You probably knew more than I did back then. I doubt it. The only thing I know is signs and how to swear. And, <laughs> no, that's uh, all you need to know anyways. Tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> well, swearing, yeah, that, that, that uh, swearing has probably saved me on uh, – on multiple occasions. If I, cause if I said the things I said in Croatia, if I said them in English, I'd have some <laughs> warnings and probably kicked out of a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can't get kicked out if no one knows what you're saying. I remember, uh, Petrovic Drajan used to, uh, oh, yeah. I, I read something. He was like swearing at you in three languages. Who's yeah. Reggie said Miller, yeah, Re- Reggie Miller said it. He'd, he'd, yeah, he'd yeah. Swear, at you in four dif- swear at you in four different languages. Um, <laughs> and you know, I'd, I'd always watch like these, uh, Goran videos, where he's just screaming on the court and just, oh, it's, I'm not going to say it, but oh, there's so, you got to go look up the YouTube. Video. They're <laughs> the funniest things on earth. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to, yeah, you're going to have to send me those, some of those videos and the Lepina recipes and the Chavapi. <laughs> I'll send you Lepina recipes. I'll send you some Spotify playlists. I'll send you it all. Yeah, I might I'm have proud. to share some happy, of that. Happy to, happy to share anytime. <laughs> All right, well, Tonko, thank you again so much. Um, you know, hopefully next summer you can make it out here. I'll still be here. You know, we'll, we'll meet up over here for a coffee, yeah, as they say, there. but actually for oh, beers. That's a four-hour. <laughs> yeah, that's a four-hour deal. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to come to Croatia. You know, I get to see a place I've never been to Dubrovnik. I've never been to Makarska. Um, I'd like to explore Zagreb a little bit more. Go island hopping, maybe. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I really want to see. Go to Istria and all that. So yeah, so much. To hopefully, see. you know, like I said, hey. I, I'm more than happy to meet up and everything and, and have a good time in Croatia. Yeah, and if I'm next time I'm back in the States, I'll have to hit up Sacramento and, you know, go you see You gotta come to there. Sacramento. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta get second weekend of June every year is the Croatia extravaganza. And we're, we're, you know, we're trying really hard to get like that younger, the younger generation. Uh, a lot of that is in San Jose and San Francisco and LA. So we're trying to get more and more people to come up. But we need, we need LA Vatane to do some advertising for us <laughs> and to get a, get a, get a nice big group up here and, uh, just go have, you know, big three-day-long party. Yeah, you get Elevatrini as a consulting group up there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, I hope you're listening, Tatar. Hope you're listening. <laughs> I'm sure they will be. Uh, all right, well, Tonko, thank you again so much, man. I really appreciate it, and good luck in, you know, next year's season, and looking forward to a bright future from you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's it for today's episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you all enjoyed it. You can subscribe to the Patreon and check out the All Things Croatia Instagram page to stay updated. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions, tips, or ideas, and make sure to tune back in to the next episode. Thanks again, and vidimo se!